Okay, hey, Bob Cooney here. We are at the FOIL conference, Future of Immersive Leisure, and I'm here with FOIL founder, KWP thought leader for the out-of-home amusement industry and longtime friend of mine, uh, Kevin Williams. Say hi, Kevin. Hello, Bob. Uh, thought leader. Mm. Mm. How do you feel about that? Uh, no, I'm just nosy. Well, I will say Kevin knows... Um, his nose has been poked into so many things. Um, we'll keep this clean. Of course. Uh, and uh, he's a fountain of information about who's doing what in the industry. And anytime I need to get some information about what's happening, he seems to know firsthand about everything that's going on. So he's got a really well-rounded perspective. And, um, and that leads us to this conversation, um, which uh, this is you know, one of several conferences you've put together over the years that I've known you, and another uh, great conference I'm looking forward to next year. Uh, but tell us why FOIL, like what's it about and why does it exist? Well, so when we started the DNA Association, the Digital Out-of-Home Network Association, trips off the tongue, hmm. the, uh, the, the aim was to bring together the technology uh, providers, developers, and operators in the... Uh, what, what is the mixed uh, mixed reality sector? We have uh, individuals using projection, uh, virtual reality, uh, and uh, uh, motion-based simulation, as well as the amusement products that um, people are familiar with. And it just felt that there was a need to bring these people together so they can do the most important part, which is talk together, interchange ideas. We launched the DNA Association back in 2013 at the same time as the book uh, that covered the sector, The Immersive Frontier. We had a very good response, but sadly due to various reasons, me being extremely lazy, uh, and um, also the, the stars not being in the right position, we didn't follow up with the momentum uh, of that, and so it was decided that we should strike the iron again now that it's hot, especially as we're beginning the process for the next book, the, 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 the next follow-on from the original book. Uh, and FOIL was the uh, result of that. Right, talk about the book a little bit, because most people, uh, some people might not know about the book. So what was the book and what's the next book? So uh, uh, with my co-author, Michael Marciani, who's the also uh, one of the leading people that uh, helped us put these conferences together, uh, we wrote a book that covered all aspects of what we saw as the immersive uh, frontier where all of this technology is being developed uh, and how it's being applied. We ranged everything from amusement uh, to theme parks to uh, edutainment to uh, retail attainment, all those awful words. <laughs> and we were uh, very lucky to get about 60 or 70 of uh, the doers in the market to be interviewed uh, and uh, to give us uh, the value of uh, their observation. And funny enough, uh, a lot of what they outlined has now come to pass uh, some years on. So it, it's time to you know, go back to the original book and chart what worked and what didn't work. Cool. So what's the, the name of the book? And if people want to get it, how do they find it? Is uh, the Immersive Frontier. The Immersive Frontier. Is it on Amazon? It's on Amazon. It's everywhere. It's awesome. published by Gower. Okay, thank you. So, um, so back to FOIL. Mm. You've brought together a really interesting mix of operators, designers, um, uh, people who've been in the industry for a long time, people that are new to the industry, uh, talking about AR, VR, projection mapping, things like that. Mm. What are some of the trends that, you, 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 from the conference or maybe even as your broader awareness, what are some of the trends people should be looking for that are going to impact out-of-home entertainment? 
Well, fundamentally, you know, it's important to understand that FOILS is the future of immersive entertainment, uh, immersive leisure. We really are looking at immersive technology appealing to what some people would call the millennial, um, the ability for engagement, agency, interactivity, but also a very high experiential process. And you see that from the late 80s with the Spider-Man attraction and Star Tours and all of those to uh, what we have now. And part of that interest is, of course, virtual reality. It's the zeitgeist phrase. But you'll find here that we're talking a lot more about mixed reality, you know, creating the right product for the market rather than worrying about which quality of head-mounted display you're using. Yeah, there was a lot of discussion yesterday. Sorry, you caught me taking a bite of food. Um, it's good food. We are authentic and honest here oh, yeah. on Bob Cooney's podcast. So I'm drinking Coke. Yeah. <laughs> um, so one of the, the themes that emerged yesterday that I heard was this notion of not talking about the technology yes. and really to the consumer, obviously internally we're going to talk about technology, but to the mm. consumer it's really about the experience. Yes. And, and this notion of immersion is something that is a big deal. And, and the new technology enables immersion in ways that we've never really been able to see and scale before. Um, what are some of the uses that are happening today, and what do you think the next step is going to be that people could see in the next two to three years? Well, there's the, the two processes of immersion. There's the uh, the idea that we know from the theme park where, you know, Disney's uh, Main Street USA is immersion. It is a specially themed environment that uh, is meant to appeal to uh, your heartstrings and uh, be a compelling environment. So it doesn't just have mm. to be technology. But uh, what we're seeing now is a reimagining and a reinvesting into the projected image. It's being used in 3D projection mapping to paint buildings, but also the, the traditional cinema approach is being given uh, a, a, a total overhaul and people are looking at new ways uh, to achieve that. Some people like to call it Sensorama 2.0, uh, but really it's fundamentally the application of the latest technology uh, and trying to boost the immersive experience. We have to beat what the player can do at home. Mm. Uh, we have a phrase uh, in the DNA called unachievable at home, where the, the danger is that if you can do it at home, you're going to stay at home. Our job is to try and get people off of their couch and off of their multiple screen, internet-connected lifestyles and come to our facilities. And if it's technology, it's technology. If it's thematic design, it's thematic design. If it's a compelling narrative, uh, perfectly presented, then uh, that is what it is. And we were very lucky to have as a keynote speaker at this uh, conference, Doug Trumbull, who really has been the uh, thought leader, if there is anything such as that, uh, in the immersive cinematic landscape, but also he has had so much involvement in the, the theme park attraction, the media-based attraction, you know, renowned for his work on Back to the Future, but before that, the work that he did on uh, Tour of the Universe, you know, and it was really nice to be able to chart his experiences and then to see what, you know, see that he still has his finger on the pulse with uh, his uh, Magi. Yeah, I'm uh, grateful to you for bringing Doug to this. I got to, <clears throat> I got to play uh, Zero Latency oh, yeah. VR last night with Doug, and and uh, it was a it was a blast. It was an honor, and so many people were came up to me and they're like, "Holy crap, it's Doug Trumbull!" So, and such a humble and and genuine man. So it's really good to finally meet him. 
Um, so, you know, it's interesting as you're talking about this and we're talking about immersion and, 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 I, I, and I was falling prey to this, like this notion of immersion, it's been around forever. Main Street USA is a great example of that. And, and so it's really not about immersion, it's about deeper immersion, yes. right? And, and because with, with, with VR especially, and mm -hmm. a lot of my audience, and a lot of my writings around VR, yeah. you really get that, that notion of full immersion is what you're looking for, that, that ability to where I think the ultimate is where you can't differentiate between yes. whatever the real world is, and <laughs> some people would say that's virtual reality, yeah. and and this silicon-generated reality. Hmm. And so, but things like projection mapping, and like, talk about that a little bit, because I'm not sure anybody really knows what that is. So let's talk, let's give some, a little bit of context around the technology and hmm. an example of it that people might be aware of and how that's used for to create illusions of immersion. So I'll pick the, the four or five key technologies that we've been talking about or have been talking the most about uh, here at Foils. So uh, we'll start with virtual reality very quickly. That's the head-mounted display that creates a synthetic world in which you immerse yourself with, uh, covers your senses. Um, that is being used in VR arcades, but it is also being used as uh, an adjunct on top of uh, or already existing attractions like roller coasters yeah. to create virtual reality roller coasters. Augmented reality is where computer-generated imagery, synthetic imagery, is uh, projected into the real world. That can be done using a head-mounted display or as simply as a piece of glass being projected on the Pepper's Ghost concept from the uh, 1800s uh, is effectively augmented reality. Mm. Uh, and then we have uh, 3D projection mapping or augmented stereo projection as we uh, used to call it. Um, and that is using the latest of the laser and high production rate projectors to illuminate, uh, place their image on top of structures, buildings, inside walls and uh, creating you know, f near enough a holodeck kind of experience for the user. We've also looked at some other uh, applications at this event. Uh, there's been talk of using specialist display systems, caves, computer automated virtual environments where people can step into uh, both a projection and a physical experience. And then finally, we've been looking at the more traditional, uh, the, the motion-based theater and 4D theater market, which is still a very compelling uh, market. Uh, and is bringing a lot of uh, a lot of uh, success and finance to a wide slew, not just out of home entertainment facilities, but also retail entertainment sites, and being used as a marketing tool. Interesting, and so, and then wrapped around that, there's this another discussion going on around intellectual property and storytelling, yes. and and one of the things I think that came up yesterday, and this might have been something Doug Trumbull was talking about, is you know the fact that by leveraging intellectual property, this you know the immersive experience requires context and there's a lot of talk about storytelling and I think there was some debate around whether it's storytelling or experience giving um, <clears throat> and and so the, the the notion of intellectual property and how you how how people creating experiences use that to drive immersion how do you see that it's been used before. You talked about the Spider-Man ride as a great example of that. But in, in theme parks specifically, how do you see that being used in the past versus in the future? 
So one of the things we try to do with uh, the Foils event is not just bring the technology together, not to bring the operators together to talk about how they used it, but also to talk about the other components. And one of the, uh, you know, as you touched upon, IP, intellectual property, or being able to wrap yourself in well-known universes through the medium of this technology is a compelling and very profitable uh, environment. You know, we're seeing... Uh, Walt Disney developing their immersive hotel concept at the same time as developing uh, very high-level media attractions that, using their that, Star Wars universe. That's the new Star Wars, yeah. So for those of you who hadn't heard about this, this is really a fascinating um, uh, story where Star Wars is building a themed hotel where the minute you arrive, you are in a Star Wars universe and 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 the and there's characters and everybody's in character, whatever that character may be. And, and it's like being in the Star Wars world. I can't wait to experience that. Yeah, we, uh, we've been joking calling it cosplay uh, <laughs> uh, theme park, but it, you know, it's, it's going to be incredibly compelling and there's hardly any technology involved in that process other than what's gonna happen in your hotel room where when you go into the hotel room, your uniform, for which side of the alliance you've decided to be is waiting for you and your window is not a window but it's a digital screen pretending to be showing you a space scene so wow. that's you know these are fantastic concepts and it's not original idea the concept was that was thought about for vegas many years ago uh, but with the star trek franchise rather than the star wars no so we've been looking at the licensing issues from the vr arcade sector uh, we've also been looking at the ip the intellectual property issues from the theme park perspective. We've been looking at crossover, the uh, ability for content that you experience or engage with in a theme park continuing when you leave the park and becoming uh, a kind of digital toy or a partner or avatar. Um, so these are, these are all aspects of the future that's shaping uh, the sector. And when we say future, we're not talking uh, 10 or 15 years away, we're talking about uh, months away. Mm. Uh, a lot of the technology that was talked about in the, the VR side is specifically uh, being deployed into facilities as we speak. The, uh, we ha were lucky enough to have uh, The Void present at uh, the event and they're working with uh, Walt Disney on a Star Wars attraction that's going to be opened uh, outside uh, their Orlando facility, uh, the Orlando Park in October. But also we were lucky enough, uh, thanks to Zero Latency, to be able to uh, get a lot of the people through a uh, arena scale, um, warehouse scale, uh, multiplayer immersive entertainment experience that is being placed or has been opened and placed in a casino, giving us an example of how the casino industry uh, is now investing in attracting the millennials who don't want to play blackjack, who don't want to use the uh, slot machines, but are definite players. Yeah. All right. So let's let's pivot real quick before we wrap up to family entertainment centers. So lots of talk about theme parks and, 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 and big attractions, but a lot of the audience that listen to this podcast are in the FEC business. And so how do you see this technology working its way into family entertainment centers, both now, like do you have recommendations of things people should be looking at, and then over the next 12 to 24 months? Well, we're already seeing it. Uh, zero latency with their deal with uh, main events, uh, the void with their relationship with uh, the rec room. These are examples of the latest technology being deployed as a mobile attraction as a uh, drop-in attraction into an existing entertainment facility and uh, we were lucky enough that uh, Kevin from Dave and Busters revealed to the audience a little bit more about the type of stuff that they are looking at dropping into their facilities. We are, you know, we've been, I've been saying this a lot, especially through my writing in the Stinger Report, that, you know, we are at a point where the traditional amusement industry is going to see a major shake-up 
uh, in its um, in the way it does business. You know the the deal with uh, Ready Player One, sorry, uh, with Player One, and uh, with uh, how uh, there's a convergence in the amusement market means that the type of systems that are being dropped into a facility are not you know not your standalone block uh, big box arcade system sometimes we're going to see uh, specialist immersive attractions being dropped in there and the nice thing about an immersive attraction uh, it sits in the space of maybe where 10 arcade traditional arcade machines would sit but it can have a much higher throughput and charge a much higher rate it is we're due to see changes. Some things won't change. There'll always be pinball. Uh, there'll always be redemption. Uh, video redemption is going to change. Uh, video amusement is going to change. And we're going to have to bite the bullet and embrace our brethren in the VR arcade sector because there's a you know people in the family entertainment center and the amusement center have done this and they have a lot of lessons to teach these newcomers coming into the market. Yeah, absolutely. And I also think that there's. Um you know, there's a lot of work to be done around the technology, which a lot of it is consumer consumer driven, and and we need, it needs to be ruggedized and hardened before it makes it into these Definitely. high throughput locations. And and so there's more. We'll be talking more about that in the future, Kevin. So um, any announcement next year's show? So I want to I want to just say that the I think it's been a great. Uh, a great group there has been just about 200 people. Um, everybody's really been open and giving and 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 exchanging ideas. And it's been because it's such a nascent industry, and I, it is and it's not. It's been around yes. forever. But these new opportunities are creating a lot of excitement, and people yes. are open and sharing. And I highly recommend that if you're in this space, you should be here at the next one since you weren't here this one. Yeah. When is it? Uh, we haven't uh, f officially uh, delved the dates, but I'm happy to say that uh, the organizers rising uh, have confirmed that uh, we're going forward with this. So the launch platform has pushed the shuttle from, uh, from the tower. Uh, we're looking at ja uh, June of 2018. We will be staying in Las Vegas. Uh, hopefully we'll be staying at the Mandalay Bay, but the, you know, because we have uh, a lot of relationships with the casino sector here, because they're interested in this subject, we're, we're still in negotiation. Awesome. So Kevin Williams, uh, founder of KWP Consultancy, uh, the Stinger Report, DNA Association, and now the FOIL Conference. Um, thanks for joining us. Any last words? Uh, I look forward to seeing everybody next year, and thank you very much as always, Bob, and, for your time. And how do people get in touch with you if they want to reach out or have questions? Uh, the DNA Association website, www.dna-association.com, has all of the details, uh, and uh, a lot of the new announcements will be appearing there. Great. Awesome. Thanks for joining. Thank you. We'll be back. Thank you.